0: Yo, what is going on, Devil fans? Welcome back to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. So good to be talking with you guys again. Took a little, you know, what, a week or two off. And we are getting ready for the offseason. And there's uh, quite a bit to go over. The Devils had their exit interviews this week. And our boy Tommy Fitz has his work cut out for him for the offseason and we're going to cover some of that we're going to cover lindy ruff officially coming back next year as the head coach of the new jersey devils and much much more i hope everybody is doing well getting ready for memorial day weekend next weekend if you guys are going down the shore summer's here and Let's be real. The summer has been one of the most exciting times to be a Devils fan for the past decade because this is when we had a clean slate. One of our horrible years would have been over. We would have been talking about the draft. We would have been talking about free agency. Um, but this year was different. We were, you know, we had such an amazing season. There's a lot to look forward to, but there is still a lot of work to be done in the offseason. And Tom Fitzgerald... Is going to have to get right into it because he has some really key pieces of this team that he needs to get locked down and he has some other role players that he needs to figure out if they're going to be part of this team moving forward. And we're going to hop into all that on today's episode. Um, But first we are going to bring the pickle into the show. My dad is here and let's get him on the line.
1: So pickle welcome to the show how we doing buddy hey i'm doing good it's been a long time yeah morning period's over yeah yeah we're we're back to we're we're moving ahead and we're looking forward to the
0: 23-24 season um the players the players and the team had their exit interviews this week so there's kind of a lot to go over and we could jump right into it and we could start with Tom Fitzgerald coming out and saying that Lindy Ruff is going to be the head coach of the Devils next season. And this puts some speculation behind us. We didn't know if Ruff had planned on moving possibly to upper management with the team or if he wanted to retire. I think he's like 63 years old now. Um, he's a Jack Adams award finalist. So he obviously had an amazing season. And um, you know you get into Lindy Ruff, and there's a lot of people that question some of his lineup decisions, but the truth is there's, regardless of who your coach is, you're nobody is going to coach perfectly. And the coach, the head coach has his finger on the pulse of his team more than the fan base does. So he is with the team in practice. He's around the team off the ice. And I think, um, I think overall Ruff's lineup decisions he made the right moves. He pushed the right buttons. And he obviously, uh, had this team had the biggest turnaround in the history of the NHL as they broke the devil's all time win and point, uh, franchise records. Um, for, for years, you would hear about how, you know, Lindy Ruff is going to be the guy that's going to take our kids, develop them, get them to the playoffs. And then we would eventually move him out and we would bring in another coach and that coach would be the coach that got us over the hump to win our Stanley cup or win a championship. And, um, I I don't understand why if a, if a guy can bring your team to the second round of the, of the playoffs, for instance, why you would need to bring someone else to get them in over the hump. I understand like a new voice and and a new message. Sometimes a coach's message can get very stale. But the truth is like, this is when it's going to be the hardest time for the Devils. It's, it's getting to become a good team is one thing. There's no expectations on you, but moving forward, the Devils are going to have higher expectations. The fan base is going to expect them to make the playoffs. And if they're, you know, there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of teams that every year going into the, into a new season, their fan base, it's Stanley Cup or bust. And you look at teams like the Washington Capitals, how long it took them to win a Stanley cup. And you look at what the Edmonton Oilers are going through right now, despite having the best player in the world and Leon Draisaitl. And you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and the amount of firepower and, and star power that they have on their roster who can't get, you know, until this year through the first round, but you know, they, they just can't get over the hump. This is when you start, to really separate the haves and the have nots. And this is when I think it gets the most difficult for a team is to when you have expectations on you, you're good, you know, that you belong there, but it's really just putting yourself above everybody else into that level of championship quality roster creation. And you know, that's the difference between creating a roster that is built to get you to the playoffs and then there's another roster that's built just for the playoffs and that's where some of these ufas and rfas decisions that tom Fitzgerald is going to have to make in the offseason it's like are these playoff players or are these regular season players and that's something that we'll get into uh towards the end of this episode but
1: uh, right i think you need a good balance of both because you gotta you gotta make the playoffs and then when you get there you need you need players to play you know you need the guys that that although they could play good during the regular season they have to go that extra mile and you know you see guys like jack Hughes throwing fists and stuff and uh you know you you saw his game him going down blocking shots and stuff you just you know yeah but you're regular but typically if you're if you're a good playoff player you should be good in the regular season too well you should be but i think we saw I think we saw a lot of that not come true. Um, Like what? I'm saying if you're a good playoff
0: player, then you're good in the regular season. I'm saying,
1: well, yeah, but you could be good in the regular season and not be play good in the playoffs.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're a good playoff player, you should be a good regular season player too. That's not to say if you're a good regular season player that you would be a good playoff player.
1: True, but I I look at a guy like Nico Heisher that you know he played really hard in the playoffs and stuff. He didn't have like a lot of success with points and and you know his stats and stuff. You know you could you could have a couple bad games. um I don't you know I just think but that, he's still that a good
0: playoff he, player, right? Nico is right, built for the playoffs, a,
1: right? Like he's a good he's a good player. He's a good playoff player. Yes, right. I'm saying players that, you know. Just putting putting a team together that that plays as a team. That everybody, you know, Ruff said, you know, that they all came into camp as individual talent and when they cleaned out their lockers, they had forged an identity of solidarity. I mean, I thought that that was great that he was, you know, what he did putting together a team that that was a team. You, just like you were saying with Toronto and the Rangers and all these people that have these these superstars and Edmonton, you know, you got to put together a team. And, you know, that's what he did. I thought he did a great job at it.
0: Yeah. Like, and you saw how the way that Jack Hughes st- stood up for him last year, you know, the Devils had just come off one of their worst regular seasons ever. Very disappointing. and. Hughes in his exit interview said that he wanted Lindy Ruff to be this coach of this team next year, meaning this year. And I thought that he really put uh, Tom Fitzgerald and upper management in a bad situation by when your superstar player comes out and makes a a statement like that, it kind of puts some, put them on the spot, some pressure on them to where if they make a change and it doesn't go well, are you pissing off your, your superstar player? Um, but I think one of the reasons that I think one of the reasons that Jack really likes Lindy Ruff and not just Jack but the entire team, they really like him is because he he's definitely a player's coach, but you could tell that he he allows them to be themselves and he allow he he lets them play to their strengths. Um, and I think it goes a long way. He gives some young players a little more leash to where if they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Like a guy like John Hines, to where if you made a mistake, you were riding the bench for the rest of the game. Um, even if it was a rookie mistake. And he doesn't want to crush these kids. I think he he um he de- he's been great in player development. I think that's why the Devils brought him in to be the head coach, to be honest with you. You look at what he did with Tyler Sagan and Dallas, and um I I think you're you're look at what he's done for Jack Hughes over the past 2 years and you look at the development that he's he's helped Kevin Ball from the beginning of this year he looked like an unplayable player at one point um he looked like he didn't belong at the beginning of the season and as the season progressed his game start to form a little more and he it looked like he became a little more comfortable he wasn't worried about making mistakes and then you saw the physicality start entering his game and and then he kind of looked just really comfortable, um, especially into the playoffs. There were games where he looked like he was one of our best defensemen out there. Now he had a couple of rough games towards the end of the playoffs, but. Reg- he's a guy, he's a guy you need, regar- you know, he's a guy that you want to keep. Regardless, it's like Ruff's dev- player development has been um, really important to this team's success. And you see what he's done with Mike McLeod and. Now, if you're Alex Holtz, you're probably thinking, well, where's my chance? And I think that he might, he's going to have that opportunity this year, but, um, I think Lindy Ruff really allows, uh, the players to lead their team. So the players in the locker room, he allows them to take charge and make other players accountable. Um, and I'm glad to see him back. Now, one of the things that you worry about or not worry about, but one of the things that you wonder about is what is the future with Andrew Brunette and the devil? So now Ruff's going to sign a two-year deal, I'm assuming. And when he signs a two-year deal, uh, Andrew Brunette is going to get some action from teams looking for a head coach. And what are your thoughts on Andrew Brunette? And do you think that the devils are going to miss out on an opportunity to make him
1: a head coach? Would you want him to be the head coach or what are your feelings on Andrew Burnett? I like Andrew Burnett. And I think he's, you know, I think he's, he did a great job when he was in Florida and I think he could be a great head coach. I know they're going to sign rough and, and I want them to sign rough. I, you know, it's like better sweet because we're going to wind up losing Burnett. Somebody's going to take him. Um, you know, I don't know who, but hopefully it's it's nobody in the metropolitan division. Uh, but he's, you know, he's going to get he's going to get, you know, gobbled up. Do you, do you think he's that he, good? He didn't do. I I I think that I think that he uh, he didn't do great with our power play, um, so, which I think that was like that was that was his thing.
0: Um, well, it wasn't his thing you know, because he, his power play was awful in. Do you remember, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Florida got bounced in the first round of the playoffs last year is because they could not score on the power play in the playoffs, you know, and it's funny because I remember you wanted Mark Recchi gone, which I think Mark Recchi definitely overstayed his welcome and we, the devils couldn't get the power oh, play going, but at some point it's on the players to move the puck around on the power play and to execute. And I, uh, I think.
1: You know, it is. It is, and I still don't think our power play is 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 what it should be, or or where it needs to be. To you you're know, never going to gonna, win a Stanley. You're Cup. never going to win a Stanley Cup with the power no, play that we have. No, and no, I mean, do you really was, think?
0: Do you really think that Andrew Burnett is that good of a coach to where, you know, we're we're missing out on the next big thing? I, I don't personally. Um, I think I, with the talent that we have on our roster. I think that we could bring in a lot of different assistant coaches and give them an opportunity to work on our power play and to work on five on five. I mean,
1: you know, the truth is if the team Andrew, plays well if Andrew then if Andrew Burnett gets scoffed up, do you think that we bring up Kevin Denin? I
0: don't think they're gonna bring him up to be an assistant coach now. No. Okay. Um I so like the, what happens is if the players play really well, then the players get the credit because there's a ton of talent on our team. If the players don't play good, then the coach gets blamed for it and the coach gets fired. It's not fair, but that's just kind of how the NHL works. So if you have good players, but at the same time, I personally think it's up to the players when it comes to the power play to execute. And like, if you don't execute, there's only so much Andrew Burnett can do right. from the from the bench, and there's only so much Mark Recchi could do from the bench. Literally, nothing has changed on the power play from when the time Mark Recchi was here until the time Andrew Burnett was here. They haven't changed no, anything but at all. It's it's isn't it's the it, same exact setup.
1: Isn't, isn't it like a big coincidence that that you know Quenville leaves uh, Florida, and you know they they have the best record in the league. You know under Burnett and then he comes to the devils and you know Lindy gets all the credit for having the best you know the best turnaround but they had the best record when Quenville left
0: they were one of the best teams in the league when when Quenville left
1: how far through the season I don't know I mean but I
0: mean like the Florida Panthers were a good team before before Quenville was gone you know what I mean like it wasn't like it wasn't like they were bad, and then Andrew Burnett came and then made them the best team in the league. It's
1: like no, and I'm not trying to say that he did that and that he made the Devils the best team, and or take anything away from Lindy. I'm just saying that's it's kind of a strange, strange uh, coincidence. It's like
0: if you're going to run a power play, our power play should be a lot better with the talent that we have. And I mean, getting a DWI and doing on stuff like I don't necessarily think that Andrew Burnett is going to be this groundbreaking coach who's, you know takes the devils from the worst team and one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best teams in the league. I don't don't think it's his coaching, to be honest with you. And I don't think that he was the reason that the Florida Panthers ended up winning, um, ended up with the most points in the league last year, either. I really don't, but what the hell do I know? I could be wrong. I just think that, it's a good sacrifice to, to keep the same coaching, staff in place as many people as possible in place for the devils to come into next season and feel comfortable and feel confident and know the system and not have a new coach who, you know, every coach looks at their players and their personnel differently. And every coach runs a different system and it it would be a shame to see the devils have such success this year and then c- want to work on it and come into next year and have to switch all that around and have them not know where they stand with the coaching staff. And it also wouldn't be fair to, a, uh, if the devils were to have a new coach next year for him to come in because the chances are the devils are not going to have as great of a season as they did this year. People are going to be expecting much more. They're going to have less, um, stability. And I think they're going to and less experience on the back end, which is obviously It's going to cost you a couple games. There's no reason that they won't make the that they shouldn't make the playoffs, but it's really not fair to a new coaching staff or a head coach to come in and be held to held to those standards as well. So, um, I think that the rough, you know, Fitzgerald saying that he's bringing rough back is is uh, is good stability for the organization, and um, they could use just a little bit of comfort coming in from the off season into a new season knowing that they have had success with the system that they're in and can try to build off of that going into the 23-24 season
1: i agree um i'm hoping that we're not going to have way too many changes to you know too many personnel changes
0: well there's going to be a lot of personnel changes and
1: there's going to be there. It definitely, was, fun- there's it was funny. Be so some. like Jack
0: Hughes in his, in his exit interview, he, he made that comment where he said, you know, sign the deal. You say you want to be a New Jersey sign the deal. And that's, that was a really bold comment to make. And I, and I think, you know, I look at it two ways And and the one way I look at it is it's kind of nice having somebody who's your best player and your superstar, number one overall pick player who just broke the franchise record for points coming out and kind of being an ally for upper management and for the team from the inside that puts a little peer pressure on your teammates to try to sign a deal. I think one of the reasons is he knows that he's underpaid and he knows that he signed a deal that he's, he's worth a lot more already. He's still got seven years left in it. It's like he knows he's worth a lot more than what he already got paid. With that said, it is very unprofessional for a player to come out and tell one of his teammates that they should sign a deal basically for less money is what he's trying to say. Like That is something that you really don't do in sports. You do not get in the way of an athlete trying to make the money it's our
1: livelihood Yeah, to
0: to support their their family and moving forward and what that can do is it can definitely bring it could definitely bring drama to the locker room because jack is kind of getting in the way of somebody doing their business you know what i mean and that's a little Right, right that's a little unprofessional of him and i think he has to kind of like think about what he Tone says down. before he yeah. opens his mouth up and he did the same thing with the lindy ruff comment last year to where right. if fitzgerald wanted to make a move and go in a different direction he kind of he kind of created something that wasn't there and now i think he's kind of doing it with the brat deal which i think is who he's directly speaking to and while i think we all agree and we're like thankful that he is saying that because it might get brat to sign a deal that he for a little less than he thinks he's worth it i still think that it could bring some drama to a locker room with a bunch of young people who are about to have a lot of success together and i just that's not something that you see pros doing very often
1: yeah he should it that's definitely it's it's not good business it's not good business it's you know you don't your star player doesn't run the team and he shouldn't run anybody else's you know payroll so you know everybody everybody's worried about nobody knows how many years they're gonna play or what they're gonna what they're you know what their ceiling is or you know you got to kind of leave that one alone um, so but it's out there it's been said it, so. it's already there and and you know what's funny is you get into the jesper
0: brat situation and you know, Tom Fitzgerald for his exit interview, it's like and for Jesper Bratt as well, they both kinda sounded much different this off season than they did last off season. They both sound like to me, it sounds like you know Jesper Brat going into this year, signed a one year prove it deal for five and a half million dollars, whatever it was and said, okay, well next year when I come back, and if I play better than I did this year, I'm not just hitting you for what we were talking about this year. I'm hitting you for more. And Tom Fitzgerald right, was everybody like,
1: but he assumed that is it. Didn't they? Well, Let me finish. Did they assume it.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's what a prove it deal is, dude. Like, yes, it's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to get the money that I deserve to be paid. And the general manager typically is like, if you can do what you did last year, then we'll, and you can be better than that, then I will pay you whatever. And then this year he came back. He had a very similar year to what he had last year. He did not finish the year strong. He had a very underwhelming playoff performance. I think it humbled him a little bit. And it's Tom Fitzgerald saying, see, this is exactly the player that I thought you were. This is exactly the deal that I offered you. And this is what it is. And you could either take it or you could not take it. And he gave Jesper Bratt, he he gave, you can tell that Fitzgerald has given Bratt, this is the contract. Either you can sign it right. or don't sign it. And Jesper Bratt knows, okay, I kind of know where I am. I kind of, plateaued. I didn't keep growing. He was thinking as a 24 year old that he was going to potentially take it to another level. And I think Brat feels probably pretty comfortable with the deal. I'm assuming he wants, you know, an eight year times eight mil deal. And I think Tom Fitzgerald probably offered him somewhere around that, or maybe 7.5 million. And He's like, this is what it is. This is who you are. This is what you deserve right. to be paid. Like, if you don't like it, that's fine. We'll move you, but I'm not going to pay and you he more. He should be.
1: Very, he should be very happy with that. He should definitely be very happy with that. Even though, if you look at all the the, you know, all the free agents that are coming out this year, he's like number one in assists and number two in goals, only behind Timo Meyer. It's like he is one of the one of the. He's guys. Not an unrestricted he free. He didn't. No, he's not an unrestricted free agent, but he is. I'm saying if you look at all of the free agents that are out there, I mean, he was n- number one in ass, uh, number one in assists and number two in for for forwards and number two in goals, and it's like so he would be the prize. Um, he didn't have a good he didn't have a good playoff run, so you have to wonder about that. So anything he you know if they do give him seven point five. It's a gift. I mean, he should he should be all over that. And if he's not happy, with it you got to wonder about you know where his head's at. Um, I'm more scared that we're not going gr- to be able to get sign Timo Meyer. Well, well one one player at a time. A slam dunk. Okay. Well, I think I would I I'd be very happy if we could sign sign Brat seven seven. You know, I think that would be paying him, well, paying him his. Well, due. we were
0: saying he probably wants eight million dollars
1: over. He's N- not going to get eight million
0: dollars. Yeah, he ain't going to get that. No. I I don't think. I he think he might that. actually, and it's like I I do. I actually think that the Devils might just sign him to that, to because the longer that you sign him, the more the cap's going to go up. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils gave him a five year deal, and they paid him seven million dollars um and then they allowed him to get another contract at 30 years old you know what i mean right. um but i i you could tell that the you can tell that the conversation between the two sides is a lot clearer and um i think that they're gonna have this hashed out right away to be honest with you i i think I,
1: yeah it sound it sounded like it was pretty close
0: um you know, and then you want to get into, and and I like, and I just really like the fact that that Fitzgerald seems like he just gave him an ultimatum, and this is what it is, and this is what you're going to get paid, and if you don't want it, then and that's fine, and but we could move you. Um, and then you get into Timo Meyer, and, you know, I posted on the internet, on Twitter, that I, it doesn't look like Timo Meyer's deal is a slam dunk, and it got a lot of it got a lot of likes or it got a, passed around a lot 45,000 views and people are like thinking it's clickbait or people are saying like well where are you coming up with this information from and you really start to think about it and the devils made this trade and they traded away two first and they traded away you know a first round pick and uh in in uh muka Madolin. and the devils gave up a ton of assets in order fabian zetterland in order to get meyer and they did it without a deal in place and it's something that you didn't think that they were going to do you figured if they were going to move all these assets they had to have a deal in place they didn't and you thought all right well maybe they're just really close but the trade deadline is like right here and they're just trying to finalize a long-term deal well it doesn't seem to be the case and like this one this one worries me the most. You know, he's only been with the team for what? Three months? And he seems like a guy where it's hard to imagine a Devils team without Timo Meyer. Like, you would not feel nearly as comfortable going into next year or about the future if you were to lose out on him being a Devil long term. I mean, there's very few players on our team that I think are better than him. Um, And at this point, he holds literally all the leverage in this negotiation. So he's had three 30-goal seasons. He had 44 goals this season. Now, there are very few guys in the league that score over 40 goals. Uh, 17, I believe, not including him. And But on top of scoring 44 goals, there are just so few players that play the way he does and score 44 goals.
1: And that's and that's the that's the biggest factor there. There's it's like there's Have, we haven't had a power forward like not,
0: that not even us. So How many long? players in the NHL play the type of game that Timo Meyer does with the kind of skill that he does?
1: No, there's 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 not Who? many.
0: Like I like I tried to think about it, and I went through. I went through players that have scored over 40 goals and it is very very limited i mean very few guys can play with the type of inside game that he has the type of drive to the net game that he has the four check the basically just muscle people off of pucks i mean you talk about a guy who's a
1: a veteran.
0: <laughs> you talk about a guy who's like a playoff player and somebody that's going to be just completely dynamic and when the playoffs come um you know he didn't score any goals versus the rangers and he was the biggest factor in the entire series so you know i just think that meyer knows his worth he didn't it did not go as smooth in new jersey as you thought it would you thought he would hop on jack's wing or nico's wing and he would find a home and he would be netting goals and he would be happy to be with his swiss, his swiss buddies and. And this and that and the truth is he played majority of his time on the third line uh and he was you know kind of overshadowed a little bit he drove a line with uh eric Halla and and uh jesper boquist who i'm assuming when he got traded here he didn't think he was going to be playing with those two guys for sure um he didn't get they didn't put him in a position on a power play to where he was going to be set up for the one timer and use his shot which I'm sure he's basically everywhere he's ever played in his entire life. He has been the guy that they've wanted to get the puck to on the power play. So I'm sure he was a little disappointed in that. He didn't have really too much success when it came to netting goals in the playoffs. He got his face broken. I mean, it was not a very, it didn't go necessarily according to plan when it came to, um, Meyer and his short stint with the Devils so far. Now I think, during the player exit interviews, he he really did not sound like he was sold on signing a long term deal, and people are going to say, "Well, what made you think that?" and everything. And um,
1: just listen to the interview. He didn't. I mean, he, he he didn't sound like he was in love with New Jersey and you know everything. He said he not to me. He didn't. He said that he needed a week or two off to
0: reflect right and he said he i like it here and that's it and i mean that's not very that is not really i mean it's very easy to say i like it here and i like everyone here they're very nice like he's not rude but he didn't gush over it and he did say he needed some time to think about what he was going to do and there's going to be conversations in the future going forward but he has a 10 million dollar qualifying offer next year and the Devils are in a situation where Fitzgerald has to- They g- got to give it to him. No, no, they don't. So You don't think? No, they don't. So Fitzgerald has to get it done prior to the qualifying offer because if they sign the qualifying offer, you, you're walking him right into free agency. And right. they're not going to do that. You're going to get rid of him while he has a year under his belt. You don't have to pay $10 million for him. And you can try to get some equity and you can try to get something in return for a trade for him and the truth is he just has the team by the balls i mean they gave up so much to get him he if you're him and you're 26 years old and you know how good you are and he has claude lemieux as his agent who is probably a pretty stubborn prick and you see that your client has 330 goal seasons now a 44 goal season and He's 26. I mean, what? why would you not want to test unrestricted free agency and be able to pick and choose where you want to play? I mean, I think the Devils have to open up the checkbook and pay him what he would get in unrestricted free agency and maybe even a little more. I mean, I think we have the benefit of we have a good young team who's going to be in contention for the next couple of years. But when it comes to... The taxes in New Jersey or the weather or like who the hell knows if he likes living in, you know, Jersey City or whatever. It's like he's coming from California, you know. Maybe he Yeah, he's
1: coming from San Diego. <laughs> no, he's
0: coming from San Jose. Or San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. So um it's like he he might there's a lot of options, is what I'm getting at. And I yeah. wouldn't put it past him and I wouldn't look at him any differently if he decided. I only have a year left. I could get paid $10 million guaranteed next year. And then I could just go and test free agency. And I think someone will probably pay me $9.5 million a year for the next eight years. And I could basically set myself up for the rest of my life. That's not a crazy thought process. If you're a young athlete who's trying to sign the last big deal of their career.
1: especially when the team put you on the third line.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not even that I think yeah. like, I don't, I don't even, you know, I just think it didn't work out like exactly like he thought it was going to, he didn't have a choice right. to be traded or not. It's not like he said like, Oh, I want to go to Jersey. He got traded. Like yeah. it was, it wasn't up to him. Um, but the devils and Tom Fitzgerald are going to have to pay him. I, I think they're going to have to pay him over $9 million. And. I
1: and he's worth it. Yeah, I mean, what do you what are you paying him? I would pay him nine million bucks. You wouldn't. You over don't nine million he's, dollars. I mean, well, he's he should be well, you know, depending upon how long they're they're gonna give him. What do you think they're gonna give? Him, eight yeah, years. yeah, he's
0: gonna want eight years, probably. I think nine point five million dollars. If I had to guess.
1: I don't think we could afford to to. You know, to lose a player like him, I would sign him if,
0: re- if it if it if it means him going into next year with a qualifying offer at ten million dollars and then walking into free agency where someone is definitely going to pay him. I think he's too important of a piece, and I think that this is the way I'm looking at it. Is if you can get Brat for seven, you if you can get him for seven million dollars or seven and a half million dollars, and you know if. You know, if you sign him to four or five years you could probably get him for seven million and you could save that million dollars that he wants eight and you could add that to timo's contract Give it kind of it kind of yeah. evens out a little bit but it's that's that's the move that scares me because we gave up so many assets and really like looking at this team i just think that he brings so much to the table and brings so much that the devils don't have And I just don't see where you're going to get another player or another opportunity to pick up a player like this. You're there's, there's restricted free agents and there's unrestricted free agents coming out. You have, you know, you have the William Nylanders and you have a lot of good players like Clayton Keller is going to seems like he wants out of Arizona. You have, um, there's going to be a a lot of good players who could put up points, but they're not going to put up points and play the same kind of game that he does. And He's not really something that is – he is a very, very rare asset in the NHL, in today's NHL, with a game that is played with so much speed and so much skill on the outside. He's a guy that just plays right down the middle of the ice, despite playing on the wing, and just can forecheck people off of pucks, but then has the the real ability to to finish as well. And I don't think the Devils can afford to let him go. And it's just about how crazy of a number does he really want and if the devils can make it happen so
1: well i just hope that hughes's comment wasn't about him <laughs> i hope he doesn't know something that we don't know i don't I, we said if you really want to be here you know sign the yeah, deal no i think that's i think that's a just I, I, comment. i know i i think so too i think so too i'm saying just saying i i pray to God that it wasn't about him because he is, he's definitely the most important piece. Um,
0: You have on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, you have Eric Halla, who goes into Tom Fitzgerald's office the day that the season ends and says, I am ready to sign my next deal with this team. And then in the player interview, his exit interview, he talks about, I don't want to play for any other team. This is my family. I want to be here and I just want to sign a contract. And it's like, talk about a guy giving up all of his leverage. I mean, he is
1: no, absolutely. he's a guy
0: who I thought led by example all year despite having a really bad scoring drought and being snake bitten at the beginning of the year. I think the second half of the season, and especially into the playoffs, you saw what kind of player he really is. And he does a lot. He does a lot more than just – it's not just – the, you know it's not just for checking and, and blocking shots and working on the penalty kill and this and that i think like he is a leader for a lot of these younger players and they look up to him and um, he does a lot of the dirty work that allows jack hughes and and some of the players that he's worked with to really take their game to the next level and um, you know he's 32 years old he made 2.37 million dollars last year I'm assuming he's going to want to be around for probably two to three more years. And um, I'm curious to see what the devils do with him. I think he is somebody that's going to end up sticking around Um, and we're going to get into unrestricted and restricted free agents in a minute here, but we'll uh, we'll take a look at that. You know, a couple of things that I took away too was Dougie Hamilton comes out and he says that he had a pretty serious wrist injury that prevented him from basically holding his stick throughout the Carolina series it said It happened in game seven versus the Rangers. And that kind of explains, you know, we talked about on the last podcast about how you weren't impressed with Dougie's play. And I said, yeah, I mean, he was kind of hemmed in his zone for most of the game, uh, for most of the series. And that's really not where that's not his bread and butter. His he's a guy who wants to transition the puck and then kind of play downhill. Uh, and that, and that didn't lend himself to it, but you saw, he obviously had an injury. He's still not sure if he needs surgery or not. So let's hope that he's able to recover in the off season. Doesn't need any, it's nothing too serious. One good bit of news that we did pick up was that Jack Hughes, injury seems to be nothing. He's already fine. So that's, that's good. You have, uh, Simone Nemitz is playing in the world juniors right now, or not the world juniors, the, um, uh, the, the, uh, double IHF uh, world championships. And, uh, he's looked really good. He's, he's a guy that Fitzgerald brought up in the press conference as well. And, you know, he was saying how he won most improved player in Utica this year. And he's a guy that you're hoping that you're going to have on your back end, with Luke Hughes next year, but Fitzgerald kind of like, let it be known, you know, he's still only 19 years old and it's it's tough for a 19 year old defenseman to jump in and play in the nhl and you're going to have luke hughes is going to do it and then you're going to be asking nemitz to try to make a a a case for a roster spot you know one of the things that you're going to notice is nemitz and hughes are going to look really good when they're playing in the offensive zone it's when they get hemmed in their own zone and they're playing defense is where they're really that's when you really can tell
1: they might be exposed, that's when you can yeah. tell
0: who who is a who is a kid and who is a veteran by the some of the decision making that they make uh in their own zone and that's where you're gonna that's where you get exposed is right is is in your when you're kind of hemmed in and you have to make some split second decisions they're gonna be fine when it comes to moving the puck and hopping into the play but you wonder if they're going to be able to handle the defensive game um, in front of their own net and whatnot. So Nemitz has led. So they played versus Switzerland today, which I don't know if you watched any of that game, but I DVR'd it. I did. And Heischer played in that. Siegenthaler played in it. And then Siegenthaler had a goal, but it was a nasty game. And Nemitz was right in the middle of it. And he's, he looked great. He led all skaters in ice time with over 23 minutes. And um, he's going to be really good. You know, one of the things that (coughs) Kevin Dineen brought up was, you know, he kind of, he, he likes jumping into the play a lot. And he's like, he's a very offensive minded defenseman, but um, he's really worked on his defensive game. He, he basically just has to start managing his risks a little bit more. Um, And that's something that in the NHL, the speed of these guys and the smarts of these guys, you can get caught a lot. And I mean, we saw it happen with Luke Hughes and just in his couple playoff games that he had, but, um, but Nemitz also led all skaters in ice when they played versus Canada on uh, Monday as well. So he's getting a ton of ice time. And what's really cool is like Slovakia has become this like kind of like a newer hockey powerhouse with Slavkowski going one and Nemitz going two. And, um, And it's kind of like Nemets is the face of, of them. You know what I mean? He was the captain for the world junior Slovakian team this year. And, uh, he's leading the team, which is, you know, 18 and older, uh, at the world championships right now. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see him have that pressure because I think it just adds to a player's character, their mentality, their mental toughness, and what kind of leader they're gonna be moving forward. When you constantly have that pressure from the time that you're a young age, I think you learn to live with it and he seems very comfortable um, in in those shoes. So I'm a really, I mean, everybody knows how much I love Nemitz at this point, but <laughs> I, I think like seeing him play out there versus the Nico Heashers and like, um, he went after Nino Niederreiter, went after him and uh, Kevin Fiala, like he was, playing versus very good players and he looked like he he looked like he belonged there so that was really encouraging as well um
1: yeah i just assumed that he's playing with us next year you know which i shouldn't no but i do I yeah just like you, you, you that don't you don't know that him.
0: you know and, and it's like you know um and i'm sure he's gonna come up and play some games and they're gonna make mistakes and they're gonna get sent back down or they're going to watch games from the press boxes or whatever. I mean, that's just all part of being a young defenseman. I mean, they take a little more time to season. It's very rare that you have two 19 year olds on your blue line. Um, That could lead to a lot of mishaps. Uh, But when they're as highly touted and as highly skilled as a Nemitz and a Hughes are, anything is possible. And you have to really give it up to McGill who I think has, really done wonders with our defensive core i mean we were like the worst defensive team in the league last year and then this year we looked much much better obviously the addition of john marino uh helped out big time but we were we were a very strong defensive team and you look at like some of the the adjustments that we made lindy ruff and and mcgill made and andrew burnett made from games one and two versus the rangers to games three and four i mean it was huge like we hadn't seen the Devils play a defensive game like those, like games three and four, all season, and you were like, "Damn, this is like, we clogged up the neutral zone, we made very smart with the puck. It
1: was, it was impressive." Yeah, I kind of, I kind of felt like Miguel was the, the unsung hero this year because our, our defensive game turned around, like, did a complete 360. And granted, Dougie wasn't hurt this year, and we picked up Marino but it it really did do a 360 and you know, he was our, he was the guy that was in charge of the day. So, Um,
0: all right. So let's go through, we got some unrestricted free agents and we got some restricted free agents. We're going to go through here. I want to hear what you would do with these players or what you think is going to happen with these players. All right. So we'll start off with unrestricted free agents. Now we talked about Timo Meyer. I personally right. think that they're that the Devils will get Timo Meyer done. I just think that they're gonna have to pay a lot for him. I think that he, like we said, he's too important of a piece of this puzzle. We need someone just like this guy, and he is the best at it. He he is just a bulldog. Um but Give me what do you think is going to happen with Timo? I don't think that they let it go into next year. I don't think they use the qualifying deal. I think that that is. I think if anything, they would move him before they did that. What do you see the Devils doing with Timo Meyer this summer?
1: I think eight times nine, or eight times nine and a half. I think that we're gonna we're gonna pay for him. I mean, he just proved his worth. I that would be, he would be our, he would be our number one. Son. Yeah. He's the guy that you're going to really break the bank for. Absolutely. He, he and everybody's going to get it. Why we're doing it. He's not going to, you know, it's not going to hurt any feelings or anything. You know, one thing I don't know is like, I, you know, it's, you would have to do a lot of analyzing cuz you you have to look out and you have to say okay well Nico's due in x amount of years and Jack is due and Luke Well Jack's not due for 7 years. That. No, I know he's not due for for a while but I'm just saying it's like to you really have to we have that many good players that you really Yeah, have I do. I don't
0: think they're looking yeah. ahead at past Jack Hughes's contract. Okay. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> I think they're trying to win before that. Like they're not looking eight years. No, out well, we definitely we definitely should, but you have to stay within the cap. And I think that we're we're gonna open up some money. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be we're <laughs> gonna be dumping some some. some <laughs> so we're gonna be getting rid. They're of thinking about Jack uh, Hughes' next contract. No, I'm thinking putting it all together. Think about it. You pigeonhole yourself when you when you sign these guys to long contracts and stuff like even. um the Jack Hughes contract might be the best deal in the league. Oh, it definitely is. That was, that was a great deal for everybody involved. Except I Jack mean, Hughes. If you look at it now. Well, not, not really, because I mean, he looked at it where, there you go. I'm going to get another really big contract at the end of that. Did, did anybody, did anybody see this, this season coming out of him? I mean, we knew he was a great player, but did you, do you know he was like a the goal scorer I'm just saying that, this is this is the best deal maybe
0: in the entire NHL. So if if it's, it's a, a good, good deal. if it's the best team deal in the entire NHL, that means that it's not the best team player deal. Agreed. You can't be both. It's yeah. So he knows that he's extremely undervalued, which is probably why he's vocally telling other people to sign their contracts for less money. Okay. <laughs> so we agree. I think Timo Meyer is going to get nine million plus. Um, for I, I think he would want a full-term deal as well, pr- seven to eight years. Yep. And uh, I think with the amount of assets that you've given away, you have to give it to him. And I think he's just that good of a player. I think he could be a real devil's legend moving forward. I think he's a fan favorite already. All right, you get into... These are all unrestricted. Okay. You get into Thomas Tatar. Now, Thomas Tatar, to me, had... An amazing regular season. I mean, he was—you get through the analytics and everything—and he literally passed Patrice Bergeron when it came to two-way forwards. And you know, it was a plus thirty-three plus-minus, and he plays—he plays big boy hockey. He plays in the hard areas of the ice. He grinds it out. He's scrappy. He works on the boards. He had like such a turnaround season compared to what compared to what he did in the two thousand. 21 22 season which people thought he might not even make the team coming into last season he was right phenomenal the problem with tatar is he continues to fall off in the playoffs and that he's done this throughout his career to where he literally disappears in the playoffs which is so bizarre because he plays a very playoff type game he he's like a scrappy guy he's like north south there's no bullshit he can tip pucks in front of the net he you know he plays he does all the the little things I don't know why he can't find his game when playoff time comes around but it's followed him around for his career at this point he's 32 years old he's getting paid 4.5 million dollars right now what do you see the team doing with Thomas Tatar 2.5 at two
1: years he's 32 he's taking a pay cut I mean, he's a great player to have on your roster. To keep he's going to be able to get more than as long as he's, he's going not, to. He's going to. That's just not what his his he's worth though. He's going to get. What do you think? What do you think his value is going to be? You think it's going to be worth more than the contract he has now? I think it's going to. It's going to be about three point five to four million dollars. I don't. I at that what at that kind of money with having to pay the other players that that we really need. I don't think you can give it to him. I mean, you heard uh FitzGerald talking about uh Nolan Foot and
0: well well know, so 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 yeah, but... Tatar to me is going to get like I said, I think he's going to get a 3.5 million dollar two or three year deal, but it's not going to be from the New Jersey Devils. So, no. It's... Um I got Tatar moving on. Obviously, you get into Severson, 28 years old, making 4.1 million dollars. He is in due for a raise. This is his big contract that he's gonna you know he's probably gonna get a six-year deal something like that and he's gonna get somewhere over six million dollars between six and 6.5 million dollars if i had to guess there's no spot for him on the team he just deserves to be paid too much money jonathan bernier is gone miles wood 27 years old 3.2 million dollars gonzo see you later pal
1: but i'll tell you but you know what he did score some goals uh, in in the playoffs so i think he's due so, for a raise so I
0: think. what you're gonna get from <laughs> what you're gonna get is like what you were talking about and obviously everyone was raving about nolan foot and if nolan foot can change his game around a little bit and he could play a little bit heavier and use some of that size he obviously has an amazing shot he looked good in the couple games that he played on the fourth line this year this could be an opportunity for nolan foot to 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 squeak his way into the lineup and try to create something. He has a professional pedigree. You know, you think about Lindy Ruff and you think about, what were your biggest gripes with Lindy Ruff? My biggest gripe was, I no, you know, it's lineups. I, it's the lineup. Obviously that's it. That's, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's anybody, that's, that's only, that's the only gripe that anyone has with him. So what were your lineup decisions that you didn't like just the players, the lineup decisions that you didn't like, and I can, answer this for you because we all have the same answer miles wood mackenzie blackwood and
1: brendan smith what other decisions did he make that you didn't like well i don't i don't know if holtz was handled correctly you know i don't know if you if you played him from the first line to the fourth line if that helped him this year that would be the only yeah, thing. Yeah, but we went on like a 13-game winning questioned. streak.
0: So it was like, you know, it was like kind of like, all right, well, what no, you on? No,
1: I'm not second-guessing. So I'm my not point is you are not going to gonna have
0: Miles Wood on your team and you're not going to have Mackenzie Blackwood on your team. So you just eliminated two of the three mistakes that you thought. I mean, he really did not make many mistakes at all when it came to personnel and when it came to structure and it came to system. So you eliminated two of the three mistakes that, Lindy the, of the decisions that you didn't like that Lindy Ruff made last year. And I'm talking, when I say you, I mean all Devils fans. So you take those mm-hmm. chips out of his, out of his, he can't play with them. And then you put in a Nolan Foote, you put in a Riley Walsh, you put in possibly an Arseny Gritsyuk. And all, all of a sudden you're like, let's see what this guy's got. You put in an Alex Holtz. And obviously Alex Holtz, is going to, in my opinion, that's who you're gonna have play for Tatar. You're gonna give him a shot on the wing, and you could play Holt, Heesher, Mercer. You put him in the same spot that that Tatar was on. And you saw what Nico could do with anybody that plays wing for him. Could be an opportunity for Holtz to really find his game and play with a skilled with skilled players. You know what I mean? Like we all loved the Tatar Nico Mercer line. Well, here's an oppor- here's right. an opportunity to put a much much more skilled shooter in the position to play with two very grinded out, very heavy persistent four-check, two hundred foot players on on his line with them. So that's where I, that's what I'm doing with Tar. I'm I'm taking him out and I'm trying to put Holtz. I'm hoping Holtz steps up and wins that job next year. All right. So Wood's gone. You get to Ryan Graves, 27 years old, making 3.16 million dollars. I thought Graves played good this season. He's obviously he has his mishaps, but um, he's gonna want more money too. And I think you just have you have Nemitz coming, you have Hughes there, you have, you know, you what you look at the pairings for next year and you have Sieg's and Dougie. And then you have to like what you saw out of Luke Hughes and John Marino playing together. That was right, really nice. Right. And then you have Ball, and then you're basically going to play Smith as your sixth defenseman, or you're going to
1: have Nemitz come up and play with Ball. And that would be really sweet. I mean... Yeah, Nemitz. I, I my my money would go with Nemitz.
0: Yeah, and like we say all this stuff in the off season, but you don't know until they get into camp. The one thing I do like about Nemitz is he's a really nice skater, so that being a skater alleviates a lot of mistakes, makes up for a lot of mistakes. Number 2, he's a great puck mover because he's very cerebral, he's a very cerebral player. I think he's one of the smarter young players that you're going to see like he he's not going to make as many daring passes, or he's not going to get caught in bad situations because I think he sees the ice and sees the game really, really well, and it it keeps him out of it keeps him out of harm's way. So, um, you could be going into next year with a Siegenthaler, Dougie, Marino, Hughes, or Hughes Marino, and then Ball Nemitz. And Ball obviously plays a very strong stay home defensive game, even though he could jump into the play. But he's got a lot of range. He's big. He makes up for – he's got a ton of physicality. It could be a good pairing, and you could basically try to shelter Nemitz. The only problem I see with all this is Hughes, Ball, and Nemitz are very, very questionable and very young. And it's like that's a lot of pressure to put on three, a 22-year-old and two 19-year-olds, for a team who were hoping to compete to make the playoffs and try to make a run. You know what I mean? So,
1: so you think they try and try and get graves at a bar. No, surprise? I don't.
0: I think they let him walk. And I think they, um, I think you'll see Hughes and I think you'll see Nemitz hitting rough patches throughout the season and then bringing in Walsh. No, no bringing in Brendan Smith. And I think they might go out and just pick up a different defenseman at some point. Um, you get into Mackenzie Blackwood Got later. To. Eric Halla, all right. He's thirty-two years old. He's the team obviously loves this guy already. I mean, you saw what Fitzgerald said. He said I would make the trade, um, uh, Zaka for Halla every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I mean, this is the second general manager that's really dissed Pablo Zaka. I mean, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? And Zaka had a great season, but do you remember what like Ray Shiro was like? I don't give a shit what Pavel Zaka wants. He can kiss my ass. Blah blah blah. And it's like, and he was still on the team. And it was like, holy crap! All right, like the the GMs really don't have any love for. Pablo Zaka, right? Okay, so right. is 32. He is like the big he, to me. He's like the doughboy of the team. He's the big older brother that they all look up to. No, he and, is, and he leads the way. They think he's like the coolest guy. Um, what do you see a Halla deal looking like
1: moving forward? I mean, he's he's making he's making two point three now. So does he does he get a raise at 32 years old? or would he just be happy if if we extended him yeah maybe you know, if you pay him 2.5 that, something maybe yeah pay him 2.5 you gotta two, you got yourself 2.75 a raise and, and you sign, sign him, him for what two years you, three years two two to three two to three yeah and i mean if he if it was two five you sign him for three years because you know, he's he's always going to be able to be in the lineup. He's going to be able to play So the,
0: the shorter the term, the, the better for me when it comes to him. I would want him for two years. I would want him for more than one year. I'd want him for two years. Sign me up at, yeah, 2.5, 2.75 over two years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, people that you own their rights, and they are restricted free agents. Jesper Bratt, what do you think his deal is going to look like? He's twenty four,
1: seven, seven. I I think that I that's <clears throat> that's what I'm that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing they're going to give him a seven or an eight year deal. At $7 I million I think
0: dollars. he is going to make more money, even though I'm not a fan of it. Um, it I think he's going to make eight million dollars times eight years, and I think that if it was up to me, I would go five years, at six point five to seven million dollars. And let him get another big contract, but we'll see what happens with that. I don't think that that's going. I don't, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that. I think that everyone overvalues him, even though he is good and he puts up a lot of points and uh, there's a, definitely a spot for him. He's an important piece, but he's not as important as Timo to me. And I and and I he's would not. I just wish yeah. that I wish that the Devils could save a million bucks on his deal. Get him for $7 million. I, I would love to get him for $7 million for eight years or seven years and then give Timo the extra million and sign him for $9 million over over eight years. But we'll see what happens with that. I think that's going to get done pretty soon. I think you see that coming like very – that could
1: be within the next two weeks, three weeks. All right. And if it doesn't happen, don't let the door hit you in the ass because well, we, that's a great well, deal we, we own his rights, so
0: we would trade him. And that would right. be fine, and you could trade him for somebody pretty good. You know what I mean? Like we could, we could make a package with him and somebody else, and trade him for William Nylander or something like that, and we would actually be upgrading. So I, I'm totally fine with that. Um, all right, you get to Yegor Sharangovich, 24
1: years old, two million dollars. I think that he's, you know, I think he's a he should be a piece. He should be a piece that we use. I wouldn't give him a long contract. I'd give him two, two. I'd still want to keep him because you know what? Guys are going to go down. Guys are going to get hurt. He's a, he's a third line player. He showed that he could play fourth line. He's gone. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, He there's, there's no, there's no place for him. You don't see, you don't see any guy. I don't know.
0: I don't think you're going to get shit for him either. Um, no, I think he's gone. I think the Devils are going to trade him while they own his rights, and they'll get like a third round pick or something. Um, he just doesn't do anything for me. I mean, they went straight up. They he did. They he he literally did nothing for me to the point where they went seven and eleven in the playoffs. So, um, all right, Mike McLeod, twenty five years old, first round pick. He's making a nine hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year. Where? What kind of deal are you giving him? He's restricted, so what kind
1: of deal are you giving him? Right, so you don't, so you don't have to, you really don't have to bend over, but I would give him three years, two, two and a half. He's, you know, he's, he's just, a,
0: he's no, he, you see, you showed me he, what he could, did in the playoffs. And
1: if you can get, yeah, gonna, if you can get him, he stepped up. He showed that he was a playoff player he's you know he's just like he face-offs he's 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 an important piece for us he can penalty kill, the, he was amazing penalty kill you would like to yeah, have seen him like score a couple to, more goals in the regular season i mean you definitely would you definitely and wouldn't he's not a guy that's going to carry your team but he's he's a one piece. of the things is
0: you have like, to you have to make sure that he is not in trouble <laughs> like that need that whole situation needs to be cleared up um and i'm and that's that is still going, going on? on and I, I think uh you know you could probably put something in his contract to where if you know you were if you had right. some sort of legal situation
1: and you weren't able to put if he's going to jail you don't have to pay him yeah, anymore that's
0: it's not funny it's actually but shitty, he is but, it's but like,
1: no it isn't but he's but he's a tough player he's got a, he does have talent he to the occasion in the playoffs. I don't think I you mean. need to give him a
0: two point five million dollar contract though, if you're paying him
1: nine hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars right now. I think you can get
0: him for well, cheaper. Saying, well, um
1: if you got him for if you got him three years at two million bucks, I think that's a bargain. He's definitely he's he's getting better. He's definitely on an upswing. I see him. He up. is. He's
0: twenty five though. You have to remember
1: that too. He's not no. some kid anymore.
0: He's twenty five. So you have Jesper Boquist, twenty-four years old, making eight hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars. I think that they're going to sign him for two years at one million, million bucks. bucks. Sign him up. Yeah, that's I got that too. Nate Bastion, twenty-five years old, eight hundred and twenty-five
1: million dollars. Matches contract. We'll give you another year at eight twenty-five. Yeah, I
0: don't. I don't know.
1: Maybe a million no, no, bucks. I, I mean, I mean,
0: Nate Bastion. Uh, it, I don't know if there's a spot you have to you have to see. I I like Bastion a lot too, and um, I think the Devils' power play played better with Bastion on it. I think like you might have to simplify things a little bit, and um, I would give him an, a a one year extension. Uh, Kevin Ball, twenty-two years
1: old, making seven hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars. Well, you you don't have to. We have him for how many more years? He's a restricted free agent, so you're going to have to sign him. You sign him for two years for a million bucks. I, two years, yeah. Well, I I think he's going to. I. You think that's it? I think he's worth more than that. Yeah. I think he's he's a big he's going to be a big piece.
0: He's of our going future. to be, he's and he's going to get gets... paid when he proves it. But until then, I mean, we just right.
1: scratched him. So I mean, you know, I see them giving give, trying to give him like three years, two million bucks.
0: Yeah, I don't think you have to pay him that much, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I I just he he. It's not like he played a mil, you know he played half the season. In the first half, he didn't look good. The second half, he looked really good. You you saw his potential. And I think that's why you give him a small right. deal and you let him see if he lives up to his
1: potential, and then you figure out what you want to do with him. Right. I think he's like Mercer. He's he's a guy that you know get him on the cheap now. I think they should probably try and sign Mercer now too, before you have to pay him too much money. Yeah. So one of the guys that they're talking
0: about is Arseny Gritsuk, which I don't know if you saw the picture that he posted online. He's jacked holy moly um and I, w- I was too busy looking at his girlfriend. yeah so he's not going to um <clears throat> he's not going to side he's not going to sign an avant-garde in the khl he's talking about coming over and possibly his option would be to sign an entry-level contract with the devils and he's 22 years old so he's kind of been seasoning for a while let him cook and he could be you never know how these guys are gonna are gonna these guys coming over from Russia, you, you just Transition, never know what yeah. that's going to look like, but he has been a force over there and it could be an option to throw him on a wing into Tars place too. I think the, I think the camp is going to be very interesting when it comes to, and then there's going to be free agents. The devils are going to sign some players. It's like they need some sort of depth at defense. Like they're not going to go into camp and just be like, well, I hope Nemitz makes it. You know what I mean? Like, when they already have Luke Hughes there. And it's like, there's a lot of question marks, and I think that they're going to have to sign some sort of depth defenseman at some point. You're going to have Seamus Casey, who's right around the corner. He's going to want to be involved, too. So you don't want to sign anybody long-term. I was listening to this thing that was talking about, like, what if Damon Severson just said, I've just been here for so long, and I just we're finally starting to be good. I'll just take like such a sweetheart deal for a couple of years but that would be so sweet but i i just this is I this is this kid's now. opportunity to really make it and you yeah. look at where he would go and it's like western canada he's he's off he's gonna where, go then. i mean he can't go to vancouver he can't go to edmonton He
1: can go to he calgary can't go to edmonton. Right? um possibly possibly I, I, I just say, he's, no he's know, going he's going. To I, I think the writing writing's on the wall. And he said in the beginning of the year he wanted to stay a devil. I mean, and that was like great to hear. It's it's so nice to hear that stuff. But you know, reality's just reality. He's he's he deserves more money, and we can't afford. What our you know what our young guys coming up? We just can't afford him Yeah, unless he took. We're, we're gonna a have really to short term deal and a lot less
0: money than he deserved, which that's not really fair to him. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not fair. So we'll, we're, we're going to see what happens. Um, these next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. You know, one of the guys that a lot of people were, the rumor mill was starting to go around really quick was Connor Hellebuck. And, and it's like Connor Hellebuck is 30 years old and he's going to want to get paid a lot of money, uh, rightfully so. And the thought of Hellebuck in a Devil's jersey, and looking huge in net and making saves and everything—it's—it's it's obviously who wouldn't be excited about that. But it really doesn't fit in with with where our money is going to go. You have our cap space, yeah. yeah. You know, and and Fitzgerald kind of cut that off when he when he brought up how happy he was with the goaltending this year. Vitek Benaczech played amazing all season. It was like he really was a real difference when he, you know think about the 21 22 season compared to last year and what was really the the main difference between those and it would be goaltending just we had above we had above we had above league average goaltending and um akira schmid i'm still i I love what i see out of him i really do but it's going to take more games than that to really where you know that somebody is potential franchise you know a starter
1: I, yeah i didn't you know i never really saw it i never really you know looked at his game any of the games that that you know through the playoffs or anything else and said wow he had a really bad game like he i could say that he was about pulled three times Blackwood. i could say that no, I know he was pulled, but I mean, you, you look at the goals, you know, VTech was pulled too. And a lot of the times I know, it was but like, the, they were giving up two, three on ones, uh, you know, there four or five of them in, in minutes and stuff. And it's like, you know, that's not, a know. Dad, I, I love
0: Schmidt. He, he had games where he played soft period. And I mean, every it's going to happen to everybody. The thing is he hasn't played enough games where he's been, a dominant goaltender to know that he's the goaltender for the future of the franchise. Like, let's be real. He's played in twenty-five games. I fall in love. You do. Very quickly, you do. Though. And you, you only look at the good things, and you and you and you and and the bad things, you pretend like they never happen. and it's like I'm the eternal optimist. And, bro. and, and it's Come like on. I I think Schmidt has a huge bright future, but I just got to see a little more of it before I go into the devil's which because what happens is you, you get into the situation where the devil's window to open a uh, window to win a, a Stanley Cup is right now and then every year that you don't win is one less year that you no, have and you're absolutely. wasting away prime years of your star player's yep, life yep, and yep. if you don't have the right goaltender you can't win like look at the Edmonton Oilers it's nope. like that's yeah. like you need the right goaltender so Connor Hellebuck is an amazing goaltender but I think you have to see bring back you have 30. to see more schmidt and it's like his rookie season in 2021-22 he was god awful he was so bad and now he came in and he looked really good this year but he has like it he has his ups and his downs as does
1: anybody he but, does yeah. Put his numbers together, though. Put his numbers together. Put it's his 24 games, together. man. Put that's
0: a... what I'm trying to say. You need to see it, more of it. Yeah. You got to see more. 24 games is not enough. Put together 60, 70 games, 100 games, and then you get, a real, you get a real... It's like a pitcher. If you only pitch in 10 games and your ERA is one, it's like, yeah, no, that's great, but you need to see it over a length of time, and you need to see consistency, and it's like you would be... You would be really naive to build a champion to pay timo meyer 9.5 million dollars and to think that you're going to win a stanley cup and put a kid in who's played in 24 games to be the, and you think this is the future of the, of the team in the net in the most important right. position that's just that would be very foolish so i still think Vitek tech is uh, very capable whether he's a 1a or 1b whatever but uh I, I just wanna see more Schmid and see if he can just play with the with consistency. And I, I think that the way that he handles himself in the net and the calmness and his angles and um everything about his game, how technical and, and precise he is lends itself to being a very stable, consistent goaltender. So if there's ever a chance for somebody to to look to to be a guy that you're gonna look at moving forward who's gonna be your guy for the next, you know, eight years, something like that, he He's could a, be it. This is it's so but we won't know until it happens. And you'll you'll we'll have a much better understanding next year when let's say there's a 60 40 split with Vanacek and Schmidt, or a 50 50 split, right. and then you're going to say, All right, we're going to know what B Tech, we're going to know what Akira Schmidt is by the end of next year.
1: Or even, Right, we're going to have, a, have real a real sample, sample size. size. You're going to say,
0: Okay, like we know what we have here. And um th- he's going to have a lot of, there's going to be a lot more defensive breakdowns in front of him, too. And you're going to have to keep that, you're going to no, have to keep sure. that into sure. consideration as well. So, like, like you said, like every goal that a goalie lets up isn't necessarily his fault. So we're, that's all. Of this is going to be into, put into consideration. But um, we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll we'll get a better idea as to who's going to be on the turn on the team long term. And and you know, there's rumors that Fitzgerald and Myers camp are talking. It sounds like the brat deal is coming down the pike we should see that i hope you know hopefully soon i'm, I'm assuming by middle of june
1: hopefully i think june 3rd june. who's the who's the first deal well i got on, i got the honestly. first deal okay no? just making sure we're on the same page i think eric hall is just about done yeah
0: so you're gonna i think it's gonna be holla and i think you're gonna see Jesper Brat's deal is gonna come and then hopefully we get a timo deal done because i think that that um free agency is they're under contract till june 30th i believe
1: could be wrong on that but i'm pretty sure that's what it is so sign timo sign brat and sign holla and i'm okay and as long and as long as Press you're them. okay we're all okay as long yep. as i'm okay everything should yep. be and, okay. and sharon govich okay? yep sharon govich pivotal mm-hmm. player pivotal he's a nice guy too.
0: dad thanks for coming
1: on uh, i hope all is well <laughs> um all as well how do you i i'm i'm broadcasting here from the new studios in uh, spring lake uh, gotta worry uh, gotta work on the sound down here in the uh, in the studio Dogs running around on this floor really make. Now nah, you sound fine. I didn't hear anything. Okay.
0: Thanks for co- thanks all for right. coming on,
1: dude. Hey, thanks for having we'll me.
0: We'll talk soon. Let's go, right,
1: Devils.
0: That's where we stand. There is a lot to uh, to go over in the next uh, the next month. is is going to be exciting, and it's all about what Tom Fitzgerald is going to do to make this team better to go into next year, where we're going to have some pretty lofty expectations on this club and i think that they're going to be willing to answer the bell for that we'll wait and we'll see what happens but in the meantime you've been listening to the trap podcast and i'm your host bill botch i hope you guys are getting ready for the summer happy memorial day weekend to everybody next weekend i hope everybody's safe and uh Please be sure to share this, comment, questions, whatever you want. Hit me up. My name is Bill Botch, and you are listening to The Trap Podcast.